Hello, Miami Dolphin fans. Welcome to the same old Dolphin show, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Brain, it's it's nice to talk to you not following a Miami Dolphins loss. Uh, it was nice with the, with the loss happening on Thursday. We were able to get the post-game wrap-up show out of the way early. And now we're able to have a nice nice weekend free from Miami Dolphins football. And now we, we've got an opportunity to do a fun little show before we dive into the Jets preview show later this week. And uh, so we thought it might be a good idea for the brain and I to sit down and and take a look back at the first half of the season, but not do a, a full season recap, but instead to do a series of Miami Dolphins mid-season awards, the awards that we are calling the same old awards, because we are, in fact, the same old Dolphins, so we'll give out the same old awards, even though some of these awards are, are probably not awards that anybody would have been thinking of uh, prior to listening to this show, but then again, you know, that's, this is what we do. So this is going to be a fun little show, probably be pretty quick. We, we probably won't dive too much into the news of the day, although, you know, if there is anything that is relevant that, that pops up through the course of the award show, um, We'll see what happens. We've got some more serious awards, and then we've got some more fun awards that we're going to go through as well. Some of them that the brain is not even prepared for, so he's going to be coming up with them on the spot, which I think is is going to be entertaining. So, brain, shall we? Shall I did we... zero homework. Good. That that's that's going to make for the best kind of show. I think where you've done zero prep, so I think that's a good thing. You ready? I'm as ready as I'm going to be because okay. I'm not doing any more homework than I haven't done already, and okay. I haven't done any. Well, we'll start off with with what I think is going to be an easy award, and we'll both probably have the same exact pick on it. Who is, in the first half of the season, your Miami Dolphins Rookie of the Year? Oh, easy. Uh, it, I mean, it's the only rookie that's doing anything on this team, and that's Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, but, I, you know, I think Jason Sanders would take issue with that. Okay, that's right. Jason Sanders. Um, yeah, I'm giving it to Minka. Yeah, so am I. I think Minka Fitzpatrick has been um, a, rev- a revelation, and I think this is definitely a player that the Miami Dolphins are going to be building around as this team continues to morph and grow over the coming seasons, um, really turning out to be every bit the player that that you hoped he would be when the Dolphins drafted him with their first round pick in this year's draft. So uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is your first half Miami Dolphins rookie of the year for the 2018 season. All right. Now things get a little tougher. You ready? Let's do it. Okay. Who is your Miami Dolphins first half of 2018 most valuable player? I've got to go with mm, – yeah, see, this is tough. To me, it's between, I would say, two – probably three guys. Um, The first guy that came to my mind is Xavier Howard because he's really taken that next step and become an upper echelon corner. Uh, the next guy that came to my mind – 
Laramie Tunsil, who has taken that net net that next step and become one of the best left tackles in the league very quietly because you hear all of this about all the Dolphins' offensive line woes. But Laramie Tunsil has had a really good year. And he the, the offensive line, is, for as much as it's been maligned, really hasn't been that bad. And they've had a lot of injuries. And the reason that it hasn't been that bad is because Laramie Tunsil has kind of held it together by being a dominant left tackle. And then the third guy, which I think probably not going to get the award from us, but deserves an honorable mention, is Albert Wilson. Because when the Dolphins have won games, they have done so because of their ability to create big plays. And it has almost always been Albert Wilson. So I, I would say he's the honorable mention. If I had to give the award... I don't think – I think this is a bit of an upset. I'm giving it to Laramie Tunsil because for as great as Xavier Howard has been, the Dolphins' secondary is in general just been getting shredded lately. And, you know, that's not to say that that's because of Xavier Howard, but you could go – away from Xavier Howard and the Dolphins haven't had an answer on the other side of, of the field. And because of that, I just feel like he's valuable, but the most valuable Dolphin so far this year, I'm saying it's Laramie Tunsil. I think that is a, that's a really good pick. And he was definitely somebody that I was considering for this award. Um, and then ultimately I, I, I went with Xavier Howard because I think he has just been that kind of great shutdown corner. And I think if it wasn't for him getting a little banged up in the end of that Houston game, uh, DeAndre Hopkins might have, I mean, maybe not completely shut up because I think he had a catch earlier in the game, but he would, his numbers would not have been very good in that game at all. Um, Xavier Howard did a great job following him around and make sure that he shut him down. Um, so, so my pick is going to Xavier Howard. He's been one of a few, very few bright spots on that Dolphins defense that has been just getting shredded in recent weeks. So you've got Laramie Tunsil. I've got Xavier Howard. Ready? Here, here's, here's another one. How about the least valuable player for your Miami Dolphins in the first half of the 2018 season? Can you go first on this one? I got to look at the roster. I got to make up my mind on this. Like I said, zero homework. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I thought about this for a long time. And I think if it wasn't for the fact that he had been, uh, that he had that big game against Houston, it was probably going to be Devontae Parker. And, in some ways, it still might be Devontae Parker because he just hasn't been on the field very much. But I think you've got to look at the defensive side of the ball and uh, you look at, uh, again, sticking with the defense. I think a guy like uh, Tory McTire has to be right up there as one of the least valuable players on this team. This season, um, he's no longer on the team, but Sam Young gets a vote because he was just a, a turnstile. Actually, he is. He did was resigned, so Sam Young is still with the team, so he's still eligible for this award. Um, 
A lot, a lot of players on this team have been disappointing this year. Bobby McCain has been disappointing, although he is sort of playing out of position and he's not fully healthy, so it's a little harsh to put that on him. But I, if, gosh, this is tough. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give this award to as as I think about it here. I think I'm going to give it to Tory McTire. He's just he's been a disaster. I mean, can I get actually can I give it to the entire secondary except well, I, I want to give it to the entire secondary without with the exception of Micah Fitzpatrick, Xavier Howard and Rashad Jones, but I mean, that's, <laughs> that's half at the that secondary. Point, it's not, not not the entire secondary yeah. at that so, point. So, the other half of the secondary that isn't those three guys. Um it's falling mainly on the shoulders of Tory McTire and Bobby McCain. But since I guess since I can't sort of isolate one guy over there, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Sam Young. There you go. There you go. I think that's a good pick. Um, I look at it a little bit differently. I mean, obviously, Sam Young and uh, Bobby McCain, Tory McTire, those are guys. I mean, Bobby McCain, at least he's a starter. But really looking at their roles, those are not guys that you expected a lot from. You know, you're just hoping that they'd be serviceable. To me, this award goes to a player that you had expectations for and has been just utterly disappointing. Oh, so you're giving it to Ryan Tannehill. No, because I, I think Tannehill has met expectation because Ryan Tannehill has been That's Ryan fair. Tannehill. Yeah, he's been I exactly wouldn't say, what you expected. Yeah, yeah, he's been exactly what you expected. So I wouldn't say that. Um, no, a couple of guys come to mind. Um, first and foremost, and I think you're right to say, you know, Devontae Parker, probably a guy that could be considered for this, but it's hard to say that when you finally go and play the guy and you finally, you know, feature him and he looks like your best receiver. And in that case, you know, maybe you're, is this least valuable player or least valuable personnel member? No, this is player. This is solely a player. Okay, so Matt if you want to Burke do, doesn't count. Yeah, if you want to do least valuable personnel guy, it's clearly Matt Burke. Okay, so a couple guys come to mind. Um, first and foremost, Raquan McMillan, who look we used a, a second round pick on last year, and he got hurt in the preseason, and so. This is essentially his rookie year, but we had high expectations for him, and he really has been a disappointment in almost every game. He's consistently out of position. He's not really making any impact plays. He's not really showing anything that would lead you to believe that that was a good pick uh, a year ago of him being the second-round pick. He's... I mean, his measurables all seem to be pretty good, but he just never seems to be in the right place at the right time, and he's just never making a real impact. So uh, he's a guy that I would consider. And another guy that I would consider, TJ McDonald. TJ McDonald has made a couple of plays this year. Um, I think he's got like two or three interceptions. He's got, uh, let's see. 
he's got he's got a few pass defense. He's got a couple interceptions this year. Um, so he's made some plays, but he's also because of consistently taking bad angles and missing tackles. He's been a bigger hindrance to the secondary than a help. And this is a guy that you came in thinking, this is our starting strong safety. He is part of the reason why we have like this, this secondary that we think is one of the better secondaries in the league. And over the last few weeks has just been a disaster. And he's one of the guys that I think has been the most disappointing. Um, and then another one, quite frankly, is, is Rob. Well, I've got another one for you. This is the guy that's going to win it for me. And this kind of goes against everything that I just said. Again, I did zero homework on this, so excuse me if I'm just kind of making it up on the fly. But a guy who was our first-round pick a year ago, and granted, he didn't come into the year as the starter, but you were hoping that he would make some sort of impact, and he has done nothing just as he did virtually nothing in his rookie season, Charles Harris at this point is a bust. And that makes him the least valuable player. Wow. A sleeper candidate, Charles Harris. Yeah, I was going to go, I was going to go Robert Quinn because for all the excitement that we had preseason, even, even Cameron wake, but I'm not going to sit here and say Cameron wake is the least valuable player on the defense. Cause he's still a good player. Um, but, for, for us supposed to, you know, we were all excited about having this exciting pass rush with Wake on one side and Quinn on the other. And I, I think the two of them combined have, what, three sacks on the year? Yeah, it's something, some very low number like that. It's, yeah, I mean, we're, we're eight games through the year and they've combined for, it's either two or three sacks. It's, it's really a... It's, it's not good. Um, so I, I considered him, but... Considering just the absolute bust that Charles Harris is, uh, I got to go Charles Harris. He just has – he because he really has like no value on this team. He's supposed to be a pass rusher, a pass rush specialist. He can't even do that. Um, so what, what can he do? He's just useless. Biggest surprise of the first half of the 2018 Miami Dolphins season for you, Brain. Biggest surprise. Is this positive surprise, negative surprise, or just... Undefined. Biggest surprise. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go with the pass rush. Um, I just... I thought that this team would produce some sacks. And I'm looking at it right now. And... We have a handful of guys who lead the team with two sacks. And I'm looking at I'm looking at Cameron Wake who has one sack and Robert Quinn has one sack. So I'm I'm going right there and I'm saying we thought these guys were going to be a deadly duo of pass rushers and they have combined for two sacks in the first 8 games. So that's where I'm going. I'm going negative surprise the pass rushers Cameron Wake and Robert Quinn. My pick for best surprise of the season is a positive. And I mean, it was to me the thing that jumped out at me and was instantly the, the, the winner for this award. And it's Frank Gore. 
Um, I did not. I mean, you expected that you were going to be able to get something from Frank Gore, but I didn't expect him as he has for, a, you know, segments of the season to look like the number one running back on this team. There have been times, big chunks, and we're starting to maybe see things a little change a little bit with the, you know, emergence of Kenyon Drake. But for the first half of this season, Frank Gore has been our best running back, especially where it concerns running the ball. So, uh, and you just expected Frank Gore, he's older, he's, he's nearing the end of his career. You didn't, I didn't, at least I didn't expect him to be putting in the kind of work that he's been putting in where he's still moving piles and he's still working hard out there. And he's just been super impressive in the first half of the season. So Frank Gore is my biggest surprise of the first half of the Miami Dolphins 2018 season. I've got a couple of uh, honorable mentions for this award. Go ahead. Uh, throw them out there. Another, this is another award that Albert Wilson could be considered for. Um, and it sucks that he got hurt uh, because he was really just an exciting guy uh, for this team. Um, you know, he, he still at this point, even though he didn't play in the last game, he still leads the team in receiving. Uh, so, and and really, I mean, this is a guy that we thought was going to come in and maybe be the fourth target. And he turned into, in the first half of the season, he's the Dolphins' best receiver. Again, it sucks that he's hurt. Um, again, love the Frank Gore pick. I love that. But Kiko Alonso. Yeah, uh, big bounce back here for Kiko yeah. Alonso thus far. Yeah, I mean, look, there's still going to be times where Kiko Alonso is put into positions where he's got to cover you know, a really good tight end or a running back out of the backfield. And it's not a good matchup for him. It's not his forte. But the guy has made has been a tackling machine and he has made plays. Uh, so I look at Kiko Alonso and I say, there's another guy that, you know, we, we came into this year and we were like, you know, this is a guy that's just a guy. He's a jag. But two... Uh, Two interceptions, three forced fumbles, 76 tackles through eight games. I mean, the, the guy has been all over the field and he's been making plays. And that's been kind of the, uh, you know, the criticism of Dolphins linebackers over the past 20 years or so has been, you know, we have all these guys that just they, they make tackles, but they don't make plays. Kiko Alonso has been making a lot of plays all year long and he. If if he does what he did in the first half of the season for the remainder of the year, he might end up making a Pro Bowl this year. Yeah, it's a, it's a good season for Kiko Alonso. Big bounce back year. Um, let's go to a little a little bit of a fun award here. This is, and this was uh, suggested by one of our listeners. In fact, let me make sure I, I give them the proper credit. This is from uh, at Austin D thirteen sixteen. Uh, he says best touchdown celebration and he doesn't, he doesn't offer what that should be. So I guess we'll make that decision now. What was the best touchdown celebration of the season? Uh, for me, it's Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson high-fiving. They're not even in the end zone yet, but they're on their way. It's a breakaway, um, and they share that high-five together in the field, which has now been duplicated by several other teams 
um, around the league. That is easily my pick for best celebration of the season thus far. Though I want to give a shout out to uh, the Seattle Seahawks for their touchdown celebration that they had uh, this weekend, where I believe it was uh, Doug Baldwin caught the touchdown pass, and then he and another player celebrated where one of them was a batter, as in a baseball game, and the other one was the pitcher, and... The guy who was the pitcher took the football and threw it and hit the guy who was the batter, who then threw down his bat and charged the mound, and then the pitcher clotheslined the hitter. It was a terrific uh, baseball touchdown celebration, uh, in, especially in, in light of the fact that the World Series was going on at the time. So, um, yeah, so shout out to the Seattle Seahawks, but still, that's got nothing on Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson high-fiving on their way to the end zone. Yeah, I honestly, I don't recall another celebration. What about the that, family portrait? Which one was that? Where they, they scored a touchdown and then they all posed together in the end zone. Like they're like together in a family. Oh, so kind of like the... Kind of like the the LeBron James like team photo thing that he's done like that he did like in Cleveland. Yeah, probably. Eh, I don't know. I like the high five. I think it was uh, it was very. It wasn't thought out. It it was just spur of the moment, and the fact that they did it before it was even before he even got to the end zone. I just thought that was cool. So I, I agree with you on this one. All right, we're gonna go now and look into the future. Uh, we've got some superlative awards and we're gonna, we're gonna give them out as we look into the second half of the season for these next awards. Uh, the first one is who, which Dolphins player is most likely to have a big second half of the season? Um, if he doesn't get traded and at this point, he he doesn't look like he's going to get traded. I'm thinking Devontae Parker simply because of talent and opportunity. Uh, but the other guy that comes to mind is Kenyon Drake. Um, I think both of those guys could have big second halves for the Dolphins. Um, I think Kenyon Drake probably has the inside track on that because you know that Kenyon Drake is going to get opportunity, whereas Devontae Parker – you don't know if he will continue to get opportunity if Kenny Stills is healthy. Um, and then if Kenny Stills is your number one receiver, I don't know if Devontae Parker is still your number two. And plus Devontae Parker has done this in the past where he's teased us. Um, so gun to my head, who ends up doing it? I'm going to say it's Kenyon Drake. But honorable mention, Devontae Parker would not shock me at all if Devontae Parker ended up being the most productive Dolphins player, at least on the offensive side of the football uh, in the second half of the season. On the defensive side, um, I expect that Xavier Howard and Minka Fitzpatrick will continue to play well. I think, look, at some point, Cameron Wake and and Robert Quinn are going to get some sacks, so they they got to be productive in the second half but I don't know I I would say Kenyon Drake is is my guy there I'm gonna also the able one the able one that's right hashtag the able one Kenyon Drake um I'm gonna stick with 
uh, the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to also stick with wide receivers, but I'm going away from Devontae Parker. I'm actually going to pick Jakeem Grant to be my player who is most likely to have a big second half. And uh, I'm picking him because I think he is the natural guy to fit into the plays that the Dolphins have drawn up for Albert Wilson. And we saw a little bit of this in the Houston game. Um, they've got a, he is a dynamite player. He's a dynamic player. He's got the ability to break a big play. And he's a thing, I think, a guy that the Dolphins are going to try to get the ball into his hands more in the second half. Um, because he's one of those guys that is that, that has the ability to change the game in a flash because he can just break a few tackles and end up in the end zone making a big play happen. So my, my player, who I predict is going to have is the most likely to have a big second half is Joachim Grant. All right, now we're moving into well, actually, before we move into the really, if you want to say silly stuff, um, I've got an award that I've I've named the IR MVP, and it because the Dolphins have quite a few players that are injured or on injured reserve for this for the purposes of this, I'm not going to. I am going to allow you to pick an injured player who is not actually on injured reserve. Um, so it's any 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 player for the Dolphins who is currently out injured who has helped this team significantly in the first half of the season. And obviously, I think the pick here, uh, I mean, for me, and you probably, you, you hinted at you would have given him the first half MVP award just regardless of his injury status, and, and that's Albert Wilson. He has really been a revelation at wide receiver. The, there was fear of whether or not he would adequately replace Jarvis Landry, and those fears were allayed relatively quickly. Um, Albert Wilson, just a really tremendous first half of the season. And it's just, it's a real shame that we're not going to be able to see him anymore this season. And the 2019 season can't get here soon enough so that we can see what he can do again on the field. But, uh, my injured reserve MVP for the 28th, first half of the 2018 season is in fact Albert Wilson. Brain, do you, do you agree or disagree? Or is there anybody else that you would like to give a special mention to? Well, it's got to be Albert Wilson, but I will give a special mention to um, William Hayes, who we have seen this defense not be able to stop the run since William Hayes uh, got hurt. Uh, he He's a key piece to this defense, and he got hurt making that sack on Derek Carr and trying to hold himself up so he didn't get the penalty or whatever and and ended up uh, was it tearing his ACL or yeah, whatever did his ACL yeah um yeah so honorable mention to him but yeah Albert Wilson was clearly the playmaker on this team before he got hurt and and he's a guy that you're definitely gonna miss the rest of the season. We're going to move on now to the lighter awards. Looking forward, this award, the first one that we're going to go with is an award that we we came up with this category of the award, but then came up with a name for the award, which is just so appropriate that we have to use it. So this is the Jay Ajayi Award, and this award goes to the player who is most likely to win a Super Bowl with another team this season. 
Award. And for me, even though Adam Gase says he doesn't see a scenario where this team is trading Devontae Parker, he said that today as we record here on uh, Monday evening, even though he said that, I'm not I'm not considering Adam Gase to be a reliable narrator. I think there's still work going on behind the scenes. And I think that we could see a guy, we could see Devontae Parker end up on some other team and ending up winning a Super Bowl this season. He could end up in New England. He could end up in New Orleans. He could end up, uh, I mean, those are probably the two teams that are looking for a wide receiver right now that have Super Bowl expectations or, or or ideas of winning the Super Bowl this season. Um, so I, that's who I'm going with. I'm going Devontae Parker, the player most likely to win a Super Bowl with another team this year. He is the winner of the Jay Ajayi Award, at least in my eyes. What about you, Brian? you have different thoughts on this? Well, it's like who 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 can even qualify for this award? Because in order to qualify for this award, it means you're getting either traded here either late tonight as we record We've on Monday. You've got to keep this in mind that probably by the time people are listening to this, the trade deadline has come and gone. Yeah, well, I mean, the trade deadline as we record this late Monday night is tomorrow, Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Um, and the rumors right now, it's it really just whether or not we're going to trade Devontae Parker. But I've got another name here. I don't think... Personally, I don't think the Dolphins are going to trade any of these guys. And if they don't trade anybody, then you got to start looking at, well, who's a guy that could get cut uh, that that could end up getting picked up by another team? And that's, I guess, another potential uh, – that's, that's another possibility of something that could happen uh, with Devontae Parker. But I've got another name for you that – it would not shock me if they traded him, and I think it would make sense to trade him if they got the right compensation. Cameron Wake. Oh, oh my God. Good God Almighty. I'm looking at a team like the Green Bay Packers that needs help on defense, that needs a pass rusher, and looking for that player that could potentially push them over the edge. And would they give up maybe a second round pick for a Cameron Wake? And and if they did, then, you know, what does that mean for them and their prospects of being a Super Bowl contending team? So I'm going to go off the board and not going to go with Devontae Parker because I think that's the obvious one. And I'm going with Cameron Wake, that if they trade him at the deadline, they're trading him to a contender that would be willing to part ways with a major pick. It's a major compensation. And so I'm going with Cameron Wake. A big pick, a big, bold pick. I like it. I like that kind of thing here on the first ever The Same Old Awards. This is a terrible name for the award show. It's a good hashtag it's not a good name for the awards. We need to come up with a better name for the awards for for uh, when we do the awards at the end of the season. The Samies. The Samies. That's a good one. <laughs> Samies. I like that. Like, well done. Look at you. This is what happens when I don't put, put in the work. Yeah. See, you don't put in the work. You come up with a good answer right on the spot, off the cuff. That's the yeah. good stuff. Uh, 
Brain, we got a few more left here. And these next two are, are actually the the final three awards that I have here are, uh, <laughs> I think, all fairly similar. But I think there are different answers to each of them. So the first one is most likely to mouth off in an interview or press conference. This could be a player. This could be a coach. This could be anybody. What do you think? Who do you think? Which member of the Dolphins roster or staff is the most likely to mouth off in an interview or press conference? Hmm. Most likely to mouth off. I don't know that the Dolphins have these guys that that really mouth off. They're they're all kind of boring. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my answer while you're mulling this over. I'm going with Xavier Howard here. He was pretty okay. outspoken about the fact that he's getting tired of losing. He's tired of losing. He wants to get back to winning. He's sick of losing. And I think you know. And while that's a pretty good thing for a football player to say in an interview, that's you know. Pretty par for the course. That's something that they would say. This, I'm sick and tired of losing. I'm ready to get back to winning. I think his openness in saying that means that he might be the kind of guy who could, could lose his cool a little bit in a post-game interview. He's young, so he's not super experienced. Maybe he's the kind of guy that might fly off the handle and, and drop a couple F-bombs to a reporter in the locker room after the game. So I'm going Xavier Howard. I like it. I like it. Um, I was thinking maybe Devon Gotcha, because he's got a little bit of personality, but okay. he seems like he's kind of like, you know, he gets it with the whole media and he's more like relaxed with the media. So I, I like that with the Xavier Howard. The other guy that I'm thinking just in this really doesn't go so much with his personality, but maybe if. The Dolphins are trying, you know, we're looking for a spark and we're looking for a leader to come out and really say something to kind of shake things up. Maybe that voice would come from a guy like Rashad Jones. Okay, I like that. But uh, I, I think you're probably right on the head. Uh, if there's a guy on this team that could be outspoken, um, you know, other than the agent of Devontae Parker, uh, it would probably be Savian Howard. In a similar vein, who is the player that you feel is most likely to be the next guy to clash with Adam Gase? Ooh. This I like. This is the kind of stuff that I like. I I'm going to say... I'm going to say Kenyon Drake. Really? Yes. Okay, because, Ex explain that one a little bit. Well, I'm going to say for a couple of reasons. Number one, I could see Adam Gase getting pretty pissed off at Kenyon Drake when Kenyon Drake tries to bounce everything to the outside for a 50-yard gain when like you just need three yards. Uh, two, I could see Kenyon Drake who – consistently shows his big play capability getting pissed off that he's getting like, you know, 10 to 15 touches a game when before the season started, Adam Gay said he was going to give him plus 20, you know, 20 plus touches a game. 
So I could see that Kenyon Drake being the guy that that butts heads with Adam Gase. I'm going with Stefan Anthony because he's in that group of maligned linebackers that we have who are consistently not getting the job done. And Stefan Anthony has been one of those guys who's just been very disappointing the entire time that he's been with the team. Um, he's just never been that kind of impact player that you want him to be. I mean, he hasn't even been really like he's been a middling to maybe, maybe an average linebacker, but he's mostly been, what? I think he's not even close to an That's average linebacker. I'm saying at the, at the best, <laughs> the at Dolphins best, have, at the best, Dolphins one of the worst linebacking cores in the league. I'm saying this at best friggin' play at best. He is, I was trying to be diplomatic and say at best that's what he is. But, I mean, this is, uh, the fact of the matter is he's one of those guys, he's in the unit that is just constantly coming up short. And I can see him getting called out by Adam Gase and taking exception to it and he doesn't like it. And then the two of them blow up and then, uh, you know, he ends up, he ends up on the sidelines somewhere. And then he ends up inadvertently becoming a candidate for uh, the Jay Ajayi Award because he gets cut after the fact. But I, I can't imagine a Super Bowl contender wanting to sign a guy like Stephon Anthony. Well, you, look, he could be a special teams guy on a on a Super Bowl team. Sure. It, I mean, it's certainly possible. So be anyway, a backup linebacker on a Super Bowl team. Anyway, that's that's my my last – that's my pick for that one. And then we've got the last award that I have – for the for the show here, and that is the award that I'm calling the Brian Cox Award. And this is the player who I think is most likely to flip off the fans in Buffalo. I know exactly who I'm going with on this one. Brain, who do you think should win the Brian Cox Award? Most likely to, likely to flip off the fans in Buffalo. Um... I'll go. I mean, this might be Xavier Howard again, or I feel like it's got to be a guy on the D. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Cameron Wake. That's an interesting pick there. Yeah, I mean, he's you know he's got an intensity level. He's been here for a while, so you know he you know he gets the whole like. I mean, it's not much of a rivalry these days, but he gets well, kind of you know like what it is to go to Buffalo. My favorite thing about this is that. You've also got him picked to win the Super Bowl with somebody else. Well, I, most likely. I don't. So, I also preface that by saying I don't think that anybody's getting traded. Yeah, that, I feel the same way too. This is a team that is. I think you would expect them to just stay pat and stay where they are, and you know it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's exactly what happened. Well, that's what we do. <laughs> that's our mo. That's what the show is. We stay where we are. Yes, that's that's the gimmick, in fact. Um, I'm giving this award to Kiko Alonso because he, right. he is a guy who gets fired up. You've seen him get fired up. And granted, it was like I'm thinking in terms of like him getting fired up at, at uh, Colin Kaepernick after he made that big game-saving tackle. Kiko Alonso is a guy who takes great pride in who he is and his team. And I could see him getting a little fed up with the Buffalo Fans, And let me just say, the Buffalo Bills have been a mediocre team 
for pretty much as quite just as long as the Dolphins are. The the two teams we both sort of fell from grace around this around the same time. Um, Dolphins maybe hung around um, a little bit longer when it came to being rel- a relevant team in the NFL. The Buffalo, I was watching this Monday night football game and listening to these announcers just giving it up for the Buffalo Bills fans and talking about how they are such wonderful fans and they're so great and they're so devoted. Let me just tell you, the vast majority of Buffalo Bills fans, not all of them, but the vast majority of Buffalo Bills fans are absolutely horrible. I've been to a game in at Rich Stadium or New Era Field or whatever it's called now. It's a terrible stadium. The fans are awful. All they do is get drunk. They know nothing about football. It's they are not good fans, and I'm not going to hear any arguments to the uh, to to the contrary. That's not all. That's not all of them. I'm, there are plenty of Buffalo Bills fans out there who are who are good people, who are smart, who are knowledgeable, who you can have a conversation with. The vast majority of them are trash. Basura. Trash. Brain, I think that's going to take us to the end of this episode of the Same Old Dolphin Show. We've we've given out our awards. We've kept it under an hour. It's a it's a good thing. I like it. Yeah. It's a pretty good thing. So why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Can find me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. And we are, of course, uh, I am, of course, on Twitter at Amplified to Rock. And the show is on Twitter at Same Old Dolphins. And that reminds me, I do want to share a couple of awards that were tweeted at us um, from uh, some of our listeners uh, at Mike W. Ferguson. This is this is a great one. It says, Best Supporting Actors, the 2018 Dolphins as the 2013 Dolphins and Brock Osweiler as Matt Moore. Uh, he says his play of the year is Ryan Tannehill throwing an interception return for a touchdown against Cincinnati to a guy standing behind him. <laughs> Uh, he says, most likely to kick a premature onside kick and a fourth quarter field goal down two scores to make it a two-score game in the same game, Adam Gase. <laughs> Which, well, we've we've seen that one before. And then uh, Melody Mackey with a couple of ones for us. She says, the Incognito Award, not to be confused with a, uh, of a former Dolphin player, goes to Cordrea Tankersley because Cordrea Tankersley has been incognito because we've just, where has he been? He's completely, he's been completely invisible. Uh, she goes, the, the Crybaby Award goes to Devontae Parker. That's, I don't know that it's Devontae Parker who should get that award as much as it's his agent, but whatever. And then she says the most overrated player is TJ McDonald. Yeah. I, and uh, hard to hard to argue with that. So uh, those are some awards that our our friends tweeted at us. You can always tweet to us at same old dolphins. That's the show account. Um, I'm fairly active on there. Brain doesn't really tweet from that account very much at all anymore. So if you see somebody tweeting from the same old dolphins account, it's probably me. Um, if it's Aaron, he's very good about uh, putting an A on the tweet so that you know it's from him. Uh, of course, we're on Facebook now, facebook.com slash same old dolphins. You can give us a like over there. 
Every episode of the show is on SoundCloud, but every episode of the show is also on DolphinsTalk.com, where we are now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. So we hope that you will pay a visit to DolphinsTalk.com. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. A lot of good stuff, a lot of good content up there on the site, other podcasts, columns. It's a good place to be. So make sure you visit DolphinsTalk.com every single day. And uh, finally... Uh, as I said, my birthday was last week, and uh, I would really appreciate it if you would, out of the kindness of your heart, for my birthday, go over to Apple Podcasts, formerly uh, iTunes, give us a five-star rating, leave us a nice review, helps other Dolph fans find the show, and uh, helps the same old Dolphins family continue to grow as well. So uh, we'd really appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your day and doing that for us. Uh, I thank you in advance for myself and the brain. We will be back later this week to preview the Dolphins' home game against the Bills, which is, uh, you know, if the Dolphins are going to finish 8-8, eight and eight, that's, a, that's the kind of game they got to win. So uh, we're, we're going to see what they're going to do. And listen, you know, the Dolphins are still in the playoff hunt. It's incredibly unlikely that this team is making the playoffs. The fact of the matter is, you know, they're technically a game out of, I mean, it's really a game and a half because they're a game behind Cincinnati right now who holds the tiebreaker over us. But anyway, the Dolphins are in the hunt, as they say. So there's lots to cheer for if you're uh, interested in the Dolphins making the playoffs this year, which, I mean, I think it's unlikely, but it's certainly possible. At this point in time, and a win over the Jets at home is something that if the Dolphins have playoff aspirations, they're going to need to do. We will talk about that game later on this week here on the Same Old Dolphins Show, so we hope that you will join us again here on the show to hear that preview. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control That way you say my